0: Hello, everyone! And welcome to the Rubonus podcast. I'm the host, Danatos Rubonas, and I'm joined by Rites Wisniewska. Rites, hello! Hello, everybody! Euroleague season is finally over. Anadolu Efes became back-to-back Euroleague champions. They won. Uh, they won a close thriller against Real Madrid by only a single point and became a third team in the Euroleague history to win it back-to-back after Maccabi Tel Aviv and Olympiacos Piraeus, and of course. Uh, Today in this show, we will discuss the most intriguing things around the EuroLeague season final. But before, uh, I just wanted to say thank you to NordVPN, our exclusive EuroLeague uh, playoffs partner. Actually, I used it pretty frequently uh, watching some Lithuanian basketball league games while I was in Serbia, because uh, usually you can watch LKL games only in Lithuania and this region, and NordVPN helped me, you know, to switch VPNs and to enjoy... Let's say enjoy the semi-finals series uh, between Jalgiris and Letkabelis of course a historical win for for my hometown team and this is the first time we will have the Lithuanian League finals without Jalgiris also what's good about VPN services that uh, although I was in Serbia using Lithuanian VPN since it's the fastest VPN services in the business, we wash it smoothly and it also guaranteed a secure web browsing, which is also important when you're traveling uh, around different areas and you're using some different uh, Wi-Fis. And Urbonus listeners can get an exclusive offer typing nordvpn.com slash urbonus or using the promo code Urbonus to get an exclusive VPN, NordVPN offer where it's services per month basically costs the same as a, cu- a cup of coffee. And also, if you don't want to miss the domestic league finals, uh, the news about domestic league finals, the free agency starts, there are a lot of transfers already happening, you should download uh, download Basket News app from Apple uh, App Store or Google Play because there you will get notifications for the most important news. You will find schedules, results, with detailed box scores, everything in one place. If you want to keep up to date uh, with a major, European basketball news. Yeah, that's pretty long uh, intro. Let's really it was really smooth. Yeah, let's yeah. talk about basketball now. Uh yeah. the final four delivered huge drama starting from the semi-finals. Yeah. And probably that that's the best thing which could happen for the fan watching the Euroleague final that the game the title was desi- decided in the last minute of the game. But at the same time it is I kind of felt so disappointed watching the last place, defensive place of Real Madrid. I mean, making these fouls and putting themselves in a situation where they just didn't have any time to make the final basket, although, let's say, the last FS possession, it took probably almost 40 seconds. I mean, with all the fouls included. What what do you think about that? Because that was the main topic after the final whistle when Real Madrid uh, lost this uh, tie game. Well... It's shocking, really, that
1: a team with so much experience, a coach with so much experience, decides not to foul when the difference between the shot clock and the game clock is three seconds. And I don't want to hear any nonsense about if we got the rebound, we could get a good shot. No, if you get the rebound, you're shooting from half court because while you get the rebound, time is... Running down. Tick ticking is running down, and you're gonna have like two seconds to make a couple of dribbles, and then somebody, Abusele or anybody else, is just shooting a, a hail mary shot. I, I really cannot digest how such an experienced team, okay, if your head coach at the moment somehow lost his, I don't know... He comp-
0: gets lost in he, maths, probably. He, he got
1: lost control of the game, of the maths. He, he cannot uh, find a difference between 17 and 14. There are experienced players on the court, champions. They've been playing at the highest level for more than 10 years. Somebody has to say something. Guys, we're in this situation. We have to take the foul. There are odds that Mitzig, Larkin or Anybody could actually miss at least one free throw. We saw Larkin before missing two free throws. Mitch
0: in the semifinals, two consecutive so, free throws. I mean
1: and even if they do make the free throws, it's a three point game. There are fifteen or sixteen seconds on the clock. You're still in it. Um but no. They went for defense. Actually, F has got a great shot. Mitic yeah. at the right time, he penetrates, kicks the ball to Shane Larkin. Shane is wide open. He just missed it. He makes it game over anyways. And of course, then Singleton even got the offensive rebound. (laughs) And then the the other issue is um, Real Madrid had two team fouls going into the last minute. If they used their fouls earlier, there's no problem. You avoid the situation. I mean, you're already with 14 fouls. If you need to send him to the line, you foul. If you need to def- defend, you defend. Because when FS got the ball, I believe it was like 27 seconds on the clock or something like that.
0: Could be. Maybe yeah. even more. Maybe even more, as I told you. Maybe something even close to four seconds. Yeah, and then seconds. there were two fouls in a row. Yeah. So, didn't rush. I mean, they it, didn't it, rush in fouling. It's really
1: shocking. And Pablo Lasso, when I heard his press conference and the TV interview after the game, I, I looked at him and... Probably he realized that a mistake has been made. Mm-hmm. He used
0: That's some. what he, he told actually. He used in like the press neutral conference.
1: words, like saying maybe we should have fouled, but I think if we got the rebound, we could get a clear shot. But you're looking at the man, and you're realizing that he also realized. Na- right now, when <laughs> everything's over, <laughs> he realizes how on earth we made this decision.
0: The only situation where I would understand that decision was if FS were up by three, for example, because that free throw would, you know- Yeah, it, would, over it, the it game. would kill you. Yeah, but now- and especially, One point game. There were few situations where, for example, Yebusele, I think it was before the second foul, it was the shot The shot clock was running down again, Larkin against Yebusele uh, on the switch. The, by the way, FS always used the Yebusele on the switch, and it was like four seconds remaining, and okay, Larkin kind of got the advantage, penetrating but Yabusela didn't try to defend he made a quick foul and before i kind of understood that foul just you know ma- making yourself a closer to bonus situation and then i thought that real madrid will try to play defense till FS shot, and they will have around 15, 10 seconds uh, for their last possession. But no, Yubisela fouled, and then what happened with Vanga, it was just incredible. So, I don't know, I mean, I agree with some players, even FS players try to kind of find excuses for Real, and they said that in this EuroLeague, four or five seconds is enough uh, to make a transition play and to win the game. But when you're playing for the title, and then you have less than five seconds, I think they're, I mean, there's no way that you that can put yourself in such a risky situation.
1: Mm. Well, uh, hats off to Mitic actually, he made a great read because uh, not every player has such cool nerves to actually patience. keep the ball, the patience yeah. to make the right play at the right time and, and burn the clock. Because somebody else, uh, player not like Mitic, maybe would rush it maybe would leave more time to real madrid we saw many occasions with teams having the ball and making the shot just a little bit too early and Mitic just made a perfect read he kept the ball for as long as possible he penetrates he
0: dishes to shane it was the perfect play from from vasa by the way larkin's shot hit the rim with 0.1 0.1 second remaining yeah. until the shot clock it, runs down. Perfection. It's, it's perfection. It's amazing, but it's nothing surprising because you're playing against a super experienced team. Yeah. But Larkin actually had two wide open spot-up shots in a row in the fourth quarter. Both of them could kill the game and even earlier. What's strange that Larkin went scoreless in the second half and uh, when I said about this um, drive move by Larkin against Ebacella, I mean Then you take the situation where Larkin is scoreless, uh, something is wrong with his shot. I mean, mean, take this risk rather than put yourself in a situation where you have Mm. to find the shot in three seconds.
1: We will probably get in more depth about the game later. I still want to raise another question from this situation. We obviously enjoy watching the Final Four drama and we love these classic European games ending with buzzer beaters and game winners. Would you agree that... Rules, rule changes uh, would increase uh, the drama if we had something like in the NBA where you can get a timeout while the ball is in play. Like in this case, if Real Madrid get the rebound, they take a quick timeout Mm -hmm. and they have three seconds, two and a half seconds to actually inbound the ball and make a play, a quick play for, for a game winner.
0: Would you like to have those rules in Europe? I kind of agree because then teams will have more chances to survive in these situations. Because now we're we're watching all these players missing on purpose the second free throw, even though if there's like three Three or four less. uh, Yeah, exactly. So. I would actually think that I think that it's a. I love this good rule point. In, in the NBA. I mean, because
1: it, no nobody watches basketball for tactical fouls. Nobody enjoys yeah, yeah tactical fouls. It's cool. It's nice tactical things. My S- games are sometimes good. you have to do it. Sometimes even in the NBA it comes to this, but uh, the NBA excitement is on a greater level because if, if if it's a three second difference between the game clock and the shot clock. You can Mm -hmm. trust your defense, you can trust your guys to rebound the ball and take a quick timeout. You take the quick timeout, you draw a play, Uh, every coach in the world has a short play prepared as an inbound pass to get the shooter wide open, and it, it just increases drama, like you have those moments in the NBA, for example, like Kawhi Leonard's uh, game winner against the Sixers, it wouldn't be possible if you couldn't take a timeout with the ball being in action. So, uh, yeah, I would
0: love to have this rule in in Europe, actually. It kind of adds more breaks during the game, but of course you can reduce the timeouts, the full timeouts uh, number, probably, just avoid all these, you know. Correct uh, me if I'm
1: wrong. Ergin Ataman didn't take a single timeout in the final.
0: I remember I watched the Cube... Uh, during the fourth quarter, and there was a timeout uh, column, and I was like, "There's one for Real Madrid, and three for FS." And I was like, "Can it, can it be real? I mean, in such a tight, close game, Real uh, FS didn't take any single timeout. Then I thought that maybe FS already used all the timeouts. I was I was so confused, but yeah, it's true." It's in true. Only those commercial timeouts yeah. in the middle of the quarter, but other than that, Tergi that's probably underrated didn't thing. Which time wasn't time asked in the press conference.
1: It's amazing. Uh, in this season, I saw Israel Gonzalez and Alba Berlin in Konas oh, yeah. playing the whole game without a single timeout. It's but lo- this is the EuroLeague final. This is not just a regular it's season not game. Not it's a dream special team occasion.
0: It's not a dream team of wow. 1992 when they didn't take a uh, yeah. take a single timeout. Uh, Right, so we can talk about the
1: game a little bit more in depth, yeah. I guess. Um, so first of all, let's let's start with the champions. Uh, and really this shows the character of a true champion, I think, because when you are a real winner, when you are a real champion, you find ways to win even if the game doesn't go according to plan. This was not FS game. Man, this was a low scoring battle.
0: Man, this is not what you want to do. They want to run, they want to shoot. You cannot imagine a better scenario to win the EuroLeague title against FS when you keep them under 60 yeah. points. It's just incredible. Yeah. I don't even know if anybody won the EuroLeague scoring less than 60 points in the history. I don't, we should, I don't we should, think so. I yeah, don't we think should check so. In,
1: in modern day basketball, even in Europe, a game ending 58, 57 is, is, is crazy. And uh, we've been talking throughout the whole season about that third guy. Mm. There's Shane, there's Vasa, who's going to be the third guy? In the semis, in the semifinal, it was Elijah Bryant. In this game, all of a sudden, Tibor Plyce. Let's remember last year, they had Chan Lee. Mm. He was great spreading the floor with those pick and pops and, and, and shooting the ball. He was their main center. And Tibor Plyce last season was their third option at center yeah. position all of a sudden in this game it started really bad for Tibor because he got fouls against Tavares he just couldn't stand against Tavares uh, Eddie Tavares in the first quarter was a monster and then Dunston got
0: in a foul trouble Lions just cannot play defense. And yeah, they they just out rebounded. They just out physical them. If yeah. you remember, they got seven offensive Outpower, rebounds. That yeah, yeah, that's a right point. Seven offensive rebounds in first seven yeah. minutes because they put this huge lineup. Just as we predicted, they put uh, Abalde. I think it was uh, Hanga. Uh, who else? Yeah, Deck and Tavares. I think that was their lineup. I mean, that's, that's what we predicted. It's I mean, not normal. The size for, of this yeah. lineup is, is, but if you want well. to beat FS, I mean, they had to be tough, physical yeah. and try to beat them by size. Yeah. We'll get to Real Madrid
1: later on when yeah. they had the game plan. It was a perfect game plan, in my opinion, but we'll get to that later. Let's just still stay a little bit with, with FS and Tibor Plays in yeah, particular, yeah. because in the second half, he looked so calm. It's not like he only got layups and dunks. He hit some mid-range shots. He hit a He's mid-range shot with the Kralak running out and he still made a pump fake. Uh, Hanga, I believe, jumped and mm-hmm. he just hit it so easily. Effortless. And Vasa Mitic, I don't know, how many assists did he have in this game? Like three or four? They, as the, the whole unit got like only... Seven,
0: I think. Seven yeah, the assists, whole team made seven. Right? Right? But, but the Mitic greatness of, of
1: Vasa Mitic is that he reads the game perfectly. He doesn't get the assist, but... He draws Tavares or Poire to him, and he's just throwing the ball somewhere to the exactly. to the board or to the rim because he knows that t is there. He's gonna catch it. He's gonna tip it. We're gonna get two points. It, it, it's really that's a, what he did. He made a, some a crucial genius tips. in Vasa-Mitsic. It's not an assist. But you could say he assisted Tibor for for the ego of the player.
0: I mean, you you don't want he to ruin care about your stat sheet about. Does, yeah, I mean, yeah, of it's, course. It's Mas- Euro, you're playing the, the Euroleague
1: final. Exactly. Exactly. Who cares about the uh, shooting percentages, yeah. the numbers? You're you're playing to to be the champion. So Tibor Plyce all of a sudden became the third guy because in the first half they did not have the third guy. Uh, they were down. They were down by five after after two quarters, and things. Could have been even worse for FS. So this is the part where we should talk about Real Madrid.
0: Uh, Just a second, I will uh, stop you for a second. Tiward Plies scored seventeen second half points, which is seventeen of twenty nine. He scored seven of eleven FS field goals in the second half, uh, ten points in the fourth quarter. And as you said, what I liked the most that. Probably you remember that huge block by Vincent Poirier. It was probably the block of the Final Four where t Plays was going for a dunk. Oh, yeah. and- Poria just stopped it at the rim, and Tibor still tried to push the ball in, but Poria made a block. And after these plays, usually you can get down. Then Plias made this Mm. mid range, then two uh, uh, putbacks, and he really killed the game when FS just couldn't score. Yeah, Tibor was,
1: uh, as he said, he was so concentrated on the game, he didn't even realize we're playing with fans. (laughs) <laughs> like last year they were playing in an empty gym and and, and and after the game he said like wow only now I'm starting to realize that the arena is full of people because I was so focused
0: Yeah, and <laughs> I couldn't feel he anything he finished the game with 19 points wow. on 8 of 10 a field goal shooting 7 rebounds and 24 yeah. performance index rating and he was actually the most efficient player on the court so the huge mm. X, X factor and huge reason for uh, for and, FS, and just for a FS great spin. guy Exactly, yeah. 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 And uh, j- if you will go uh, further with Real, just two more guys, Chris Singleton, making this amazing offensive rebound. Yeah. He was surrounded by three or four Real Madrid players. It was less than one minute to play. Shane Larkin missed one of the, his open corner threes. Super important offensive rebound. And there were other, let's say, hustle plays by Chris Singleton. And I remember I was questioning his effort all year long. Men, but when the most important games uh, came... When it mattered, Chris Singleton showed up again. Yeah. Uh, I would say, and his 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 he was dunking, he was stealing balls, he was getting offensive rebounds, just like Brian Dunstan. He played yeah. l- like twenty seconds in the fourth quarter, and he made the block uh, with less than one minute remaining. So we were talking about this third guy, and we saw few guys stepping in, stepping in. Of course, uh, mostly it was by Tibor Plies, uh, but it was amazing, amazing win for a whole uh, FS crew because. I was shocked that only six players scored for FS in the entire final <laughs> four. How, how can you win the EuroLeague <laughs> having way. only six players score? And wow. I, I just thought that FS probably, for sure, it was the toughest, toughest EuroLeague title. And, and for example, a scorer like Rodney Bobois didn't
1: get a bucket. Nope. No, nope. of course. Uh, after
0: probably the injury, he was, he was not injury, really yeah. feeling very well. You but could still, see it. But Mormon, he played a lot of minutes yeah. in both games. He was scoreless. Uh, yeah. James <laughs> Anderson, scoreless. I mean, yeah. And, just I actually wanted to give a shout out to James Anderson. He doesn't
1: get recognized at all. Probably uh, he, he he's just looked at as a role player. Yeah. With some defensive duties, and um, in our preview of the final, we were talking about. Real Madrid, how they're going to go with size. And I thought that Gabi Deck is the biggest advantage they have. And I was expecting a lot of post ups. Mm-hmm. I was expecting uh, Gabi Deck to actually dominate maybe in some situations um, because he has the size advantage in the third position. And he had an amazing regular season performance against Anadolu FS. But um, James Anderson in the first half weathered the storm. Gabi Deck just couldn't do much. Mm-hmm. In the second half, James Anderson didn't really play many minutes because Ataman wanted to have more offense, more options offensively, so he trusted Elijah Bryant more. But James Anderson, in the beginning, he was in the starting lineup, he actually weathered the storm. A couple of times, Deck tried to post him, he couldn't do it, James Anderson is a tough guy. And yeah, deck was a non-factor. Other than that one spot-up shot he made, yeah,
0: in the uh, he wasn't doing very well. Yeah, he went off uh, of free uh, from the two-point yeah. field goal shooting. Didn't he have many opportunities actually? Points, yeah.
1: Okay, so Real Madrid, yeah, perfect game plan. Madrid. Everything went uh, their way. They wanted the game to be like this. They wanted the game to be ugly, physical. Low scoring, no fast break points, no easy points, no transition freeze for Ronaldo FS playing extremely big lineups. Everything was going their way, Fs, except from on one thing. <laughs> <but> <laughs> FS, I mean, defensively they were packing the paint, and there were so many open looks for Real Madrid. And when you when you remember the semifinal, Yabusele hits four out of six from three point range. In this game, he can't get a bucket. Yeah, He misses everything, wide open. Fabi Coser misses everything, wide open. Hanga spot-up shots. Abalde, there was a sequence when Abalde got two wide-open looks on one possession, and both of them went like this, out of the rim. It's crazy, really. They had many spot-up shots, and with three or four extra shots going in, they could break the game. There was a moment when they were up by five, I believe, Mm -hmm. and they had wide-open looks. They missed them both, and FS responded, and they cut the deficit to two. It could have been an eight-point game, instead you have a two-point game. So Real Madrid, they weren't making any shots, even though they were getting looks. Exactly. My issue with this is Pablo Lasso trusted Anthony Randolph, arguably their best pot-up shooter right now. Randolph made two three-pointers, two clear open looks in in the first first half. half, Why not try him in the second half? Why not give him a couple of opportunities? I know that defensively is hard for him. After all his injuries, he's, he lost his quickness and everything. But he is your best
0: spot-up shooter. And you're struggling with
1: these guys are shooting. missing shots. I don't understand why
0: Anthony Randolph wasn't given an opportunity in the second half of the game. Six points in seven minutes when your team is going for six of 33 beyond the arc. And as you mentioned, yeah, Yabusele, oh from six, Abalde 0 from five, Kozer oh from five, many good looks. You could say that Real kind of deserved this win. They were just not making shots, but you have a good point. I mean, there was... Some I cannot just say some that
1: a team that... Makes such
0: a bad read, and the end deserves anything. Nah, they, okay, they okay. deserve to
1: lose the game but because of this only. Because
0: of this, yeah. But you cannot, you know, one play cannot determine the game plan. The winner, was, let's say I'm sorry. The game yeah. plan was great. Everything, everything, was everything went for their winning way. the game. Yeah,
1: the defense, the concentration defensively, the focus. You got what you wanted, and you, you cannot were cannot say that
0: you know. FS
1: is a better team, talent wise. It's 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 clear. Real Madrid don't have a true point guard. They're depending on Sergio Jui to play two games in 48 hours. They're depending on Abalde to make some plays. They don't have a point guard. Thomas Hertel wasn't playing. Williams Goss was on. And
0: and you cannot say that they were the out of gas or they were unexperienced. I mean, I, I see that only Jabesele hit more than 30 minutes in the semifinals. I mean, they're probably the most experienced team in the whole EuroLeague. So it's so hard to explain this. Them just not making any shots. I mean,
1: after this final, you just want to praise uh, Pablo Lasso and Real Madrid for uh, choosing the tactics right, the strategy, the game plan, the players for their uh, hustle, the fighting spirit, and everything. But then you want to praise Anadolu FS because they found a way in a difficult game where things were not going the way they wanted. They just found a way to win it somehow. They knew it. W- it's not a series best of five series where you lose a game and then you're looking for solutions. You need to find solutions right here, right now. And the players did it. Ataman just trusted his players. The fact that he didn't take any time out just shows how much trust he has in them, how much he trusts Vasa Mitic to make decisions for himself. And I think Vasa even said something like, I don't really have a game plan. I'm just going with what I feel is best at the moment. Because when you have a strict game plan, you're easy to read. But for Real Madrid, when you don't have point guards and
0: creators, mm. you, you must follow the plan because there's nobody who can improvise on, on the court. Yeah, having all these problems that F.S. had during the regular season, playing without Kronos Simon, basically playing without Rodrigo Boboa, playing with age uh, roster, keeping them... I mean, scoring less than 60 points in the final, I cannot imagine more vulnerable fs team that real madrid or anybody else in the final four could face but such fine
1: margins really the final four was so great we see the champions winning the semi-final by a buzzer beater (laughs) they're winning the final by a single point in a very low scoring game where anything could happen in the end and it was just complete madness in the end when real madrid didn't take the foul so the margins are s- yeah. so slim I mean but still it shows that FS the players like Vasa Mitsic, they're living for these moments they want to play games like this uh, I don't know if, if 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 you ask Vasa if he would answer like this but I believe that deep down he would prefer to have a final that goes to the wire and he has the ball in his hands and he can decide a game rather than winning it by 30.
0: Probably, of course. Because you He's get a true so much sh- lover, yeah. so, so much joy from these winning games like this. Exactly. He j- yeah. enjoys these tough moments. I just have a one question. I mean, we're talking about this FS greatness. This FS greatness started from them playing really great. It was uh-huh. super skilled, talented team. The chemistry both on and off the court was just amazing. That was a great, great fit since uh, they kind of uh, came together in 2018. And now making three straight EuroLeague finals, winning, uh, winning back-to-back,
1: back easily four.
0: could have been four. Uh, where do you rank them in the conversation of greatest EuroLeague teams of all time, let's say, since modern EuroLeague history, which is since 2000s? I rank them very highly. I rank them among teams like Panathinaikos,
1: Maccabi, back-to-back champions, Olympiakos, they're in that the same discussion. However, if you ask my opinion, to me, still the greatest modern EuroLeague team that I enjoyed the most was Maccabi.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm talking about, obviously, Pini Gershon, Sharas, Anthony Parker, Macio Baston, and, and Nikola Vucic. To me, it was the most entertaining team. At the time, the most consistent team. Okay, they had some luck with Derek Sharp killing Jalgeris. We wouldn't talk about their back-to-back yeah, back titles if, if, if not for luck this, but, but, but again, yeah. FS also needed some moments like this uh, in the semifinal, in the final as well. Sometimes you need some luck. But Maccabi, that Maccabi team, I was a teenager, like 15 years old. Mm-hmm. I, enjoyed play, I enjoyed watching their game so much. I actually went to the court to try and make some plays similar to, to Shara, similar to Anthony Parker I couldn't jump as high as
0: Anthony Parker obviously but d- d- they were idols to me yeah I, I remember when uh, Sharp made this three pointer and of course Maccabi got a lot of uh, let's say enemies in Lithuania. No oh, I was hurt I was obviously actually, I was hurt okay <laughs> but I was actually cheating for them in the final four yeah. just because of the joy uh, they delivered for all the basketball fans and as you mentioned, there were these great, great teams, Panathinaikos, Fenerbahce, Olympiakos, even CSKA, they had a great stretch. I And I love these tacticians, I really like what they do, I like these projects, these ideas. But when the con- there's conversation about the greatest of all time, you always think about these teams that gives you the most joy. And I have to say that this FS team actually really reminds me of Maccabi. I, I still put Maccabi at the top. Uh, Augusto Šuliauskas, our colleague, made a great video on our basketnews.com YouTube channel, also calling Maccabi the greatest Euroleague team of, of modern Euroleague history. But you can see so many similarities between Ataman at- and two teams. The coaching style
1: is kind of similar. You're just trusting your players. As a coach, you're trying to do everything for your players to be their best versions on the court. Exactly. Sometimes in the media, in the press room, Pini Gershon, just like Ergin Ataman, they like to draw the attention to themselves. Of course, yeah. They want to be in the center of attention. They enjoy the uh, press conferences and the TV interviews. They're kind of similar because you look at um, Pini Gershon and you look at Ergin Ataman right now, more as managers than just coaches.
0: But They're managing. They're building teams. Right now. I They're They're not just coaching In teams. today's basketball, uh, I, I remember I was actually, when I was uh, flying back home, uh, I was watching this uh, David Letterman interview with Kevin Durant, and he was also asked something about coaches, maybe what makes the great, great coach or something like that. And he also said that now coaching is more, uh, is everything about managing personalities. It's not about tactics when you play so many games, 80, 90, 100 games, even here in Europe. It's all about managing personalities, pro- probably managing the workload, and just building a team together. Let's say, yeah. and of course you have to have talent to trust that talent on the court, and that's what these coaches did. And I, I completely agree that if you put Coach Jesse maybe Coach, uh, maybe even Coach Obradovich, or anybody else, if you put under the helm of this team, we're not sure if that team ended up winning all these titles. was played for Sharas, yeah. Of course, it was... It, okay, it's a different conversation. There was his beginnings. beginnings coming from Tofas, going to Zhargides. He needed that platform, let's say, to adjust to the EuroLeague level, to get some lessons from Sharas, and then go to shine on the, and let's say, tr- highest show stage. Show his true talents, right? Yeah. Um, you know, th-
1: the only problem to me with this Anadolu FS team, and maybe if Turkish people, FS fans, will hate m- me for saying this. I mean... Uh, on our last show, I was surprised there were so many comments about us being like Olympiacos fans or something. Get it. I, I didn't get I, I it. I don't know, man. I, I really couldn't care less which Greek, Turkish, or, or Spanish team wins it. I don't really care. The only teams I support in EuroLeague, and I will make it plain and simple, Shalgiris and whatever team Mike James is on. <laughs> Other than that, I
0: don't care. So. Me neither, me neither. So listen... The, the, um, the funniest thing is that... I. Okay, probably not many, and probably I shouldn't even react on this podcast for some anonymous Twitter accounts, but (laughs) they think that I'm against Barcelona when there are six Lithuanians on that team. So now these comments Uh, are just ridiculous and making uh, us smile every time. About
1: Barca, I'm actually not... You're not fan for, I'm, the game I'm not rooting playing. for them yeah. because of Lithuanian yeah, yeah. people. I appreciate uh, Lithuanians being there and doing a great job. I, I love Rokas Jakubaitis. I appreciate uh, Coach Saras and everybody else on that staff, but I'm not rooting for them. If I don't really like them as a team, why mm. why should I be a fan? Because there are Lithuanians on the roster. It doesn't work like this for me. So still, getting back to my point, yeah. my problem with this Anadol F.S. team they are setting a really bad example for everybody else in the league.
0: Exactly. That's why I'm mad that they're they so the
1: talented and they're just showing that the regular season is a joke. Isn't it like it the same in the NBA? No? A little bit, a little bit, but okay, now Boston. Beat Milwaukee and everybody's saying, Ha, Milwaukee were choosing the opponents. They didn't want to face Brooklyn, so they went for the lower seed, and they didn't have the home court advantage in game seven when it mattered against Boston. The game was in TD Garden and the Boston Celtics won it. So yeah, the regular season 82 games in the NBA, it is like that. I mean, you cannot treat every game like a final. In your league, the slogan is every game matters. Anadol (laughs) Anadol FS, they won the league from the sixth seed. If The Russian teams were there, who knows? Maybe they would finish. Yeah, that's in the, the important four points, actually. Yeah, they were not playing good basketball in the regular season, and they're just showing a really bad example to everybody else. If you have enough talent and quality, fuck the regular season,
0: <laughs> yeah, just come for <laughs> Get the, the seventh seed or the yeah, sixth yeah.
1: seed, whatever. You're good enough, you'll beat those guys in when it matters the most. Um, uh, I mean. You cannot compare them now to the Maccabi team because the format was different. Maccabi had to yeah. go through the group stage, the top 16, and, the, and, the, and then the playoffs. Uh, not the playoffs, just after the top 16, yeah. go straight it to was the straight Final for, Four. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really different. But this Anadol FF team, especially this season, last year they started slow, but there were, mm, let's say... Issues because they did not have good preparations for the season because of COVID. So they only started playing in the second part of the regular season, but they ended up getting uh, the fourth seed, I believe, which is normal. Mm -hmm. They had a home court advantage. They beat Madrid uh, in in best of five. This season, they never really started playing (laughs) in the regular season
0: they when were, we thought that they started playing their they were as soon as we thought they were they getting wins at yeah. home
1: against teams like Pau, Zvezda by buzzer beaters from Adrian Morman. they were getting crushed in Monaco they were losing games where you don't expect them to lose um, i mean they made the regular season a joke but they have this quality in them And they won it in the end. And you're still agreeing that they're the best team, but this really sets a bad example. Like Barca, they're always grinding for everything. They won the regular season two years in a row. It's very important to Charas to finish on top in the ACB, in the EuroLeague. They're working for this. But then they go to the final four, four, they lose everything. They're like showing the example, like really every game matters, guys. Until Mm. we clinch the first seed, every game matters. Not to FS. They don't... (laughs) care about but the first seed second seed or I'm, whatever I'm
0: actually thinking that it's way easier to say when to do because for example half of these biggest budget teams watching for example starting from GMs or owners watching their team being barely a top 8 team uh, during the fourths of the regular season they could easily change the coach, they could easily make some roster moves, there's not enough patience. Then you would have some uh, coaches who would just lose the locker room, who would just lose their minds and just start doing some crazy stuff, let's say in his mind to put this team all together. I mean, this that's this is exactly what is unique about this FS team, that they never panicked. They had a coach who still made all these crazy predictions about winning the EuroLeague. He I mean... Not so now, crazy, though. Now looking, Not so crazy now when you're thinking about it. Then you, now you're looking back at that game at Palau when he was doing his fist, I won the cup. I mean, for most of the fans, he looked like a clown because FS they were going through a very tough stretch. They were losing badly. And they didn't remind this championship team. So to have balls, do things like that, to provoke the uh, fans, to make these statements later. I mean, I mean, there were a lot of different parts which made this team unique. And you know, it's not the let's say it's kind of bad example, but it's not what you can easily let's say Mm. follow because there are so many different things and just it's just amazing, really. (laughs) But the the best part was I'm okay, I feel bad because this team showed that the regular season doesn't matter at all. Uh, But at the same time, it was such a joy to watch all these guys celebrating this title. And I remember, I mean, Shaden Larkin was was so just honestly uh, happy. And he said this uh, funny thing that... uh, for one second, I thought that he was listening to our podcast because when he started his... Mm. Uh, he I, called out the media. <laughs> yeah, he when he started his idea about uh, since we started the season, one and five, oh, you start questioning, what's what's wrong? Is F is, is FS in trouble? Uh, Shane Larkin did, did this, Boston Mitch is dead. And I was like, okay, we've actually, you know, had all these questions during our podcasts. But then, I mean, he, he said that, he, coming from America, not knowing anything about Europe, coming here, winning all these titles, joining this group of guys, and now being so happy that I don't believe what he said, but he said that uh, he would choose this when some max contract in the NBA. I mean, I just saw a really, really uh, happy guy next to other really good, good uh, group of guys. And I, I got a feeling like it was a last dance for this team. But at the same but time. Because if they're
1: adding guys like Will
0: Clyburn all of a sudden, then. Let's dance for this group th- of guys. They will start dancing. Yeah, just with right different away, dancers. Straight away next say. season. Yeah, they're going
1: to be competing for the title
0: again. But yeah, coming back to our question, if it's the greatest team of all time, I don't know. It's very hard to measure, but I put them next to Maccabi Tel Aviv mm. because I just see too many similarities and the joy the entertainment mm-hmm. they delivered, they provided for us, it's, it well, was something... Coach, uh, coach Ataman
1: gives you endless entertainment and... Uh, <laughs> the most iconic <laughs> coach. We had, we had Coach Popovich in the building and you know, uh, th- this was the rare case when Coach Popovich is not necessarily the most charismatic coach in the building because <laughs> what Ataman has been doing for the last few years it's it's really unique. We never had this sort of communication in in, in Europe. Usually coaches in their press conferences in TV interviews, they just go by the script. Sometimes they face dumb questions from the media. Let's let's be honest. Yeah. And they sometimes don't really want to talk, they don't want to answer questions, or they just answer the same way every week. Ataman? he just needs the mic he doesn't even need any questions just given the mic he can go for 10 minutes uh, he he congratulated all the turkish people first of all in his own
0: native language yeah he was heavily booed by Olympiacos fans, and yeah. then later in the press conference, he really appreciates Olympiacos yeah. fans making this he, uh, atmosphere incredible. He said, for the "Like final game. Popovich, my good friend Popovich, maybe he'll he'll find me a spot in the NBA." Yeah, and, and then I asked him if the, if it's <laughs> the last dance. He said, uh, <laughs> maybe. "Who knows? Maybe I have a one-year kind of contract, but maybe somebody will call me for the NBA." Yeah, I mean, every question, every topic you you deliver, I mean, he <laughs> he will say something crazy. Yeah, so probably that's a. Uh, solid wrap-up of the season like w- one last uh, conversation for the greatest of all time last message and shane larkin okay um we might raise the question if it's the best duo in the Euro league but at least let's start with if it's the best backcourt we had in the modern Euroleague history what do you think Oof, that's a hard question i i try to go through all these teams and it was really hard because when you, for example, a lot of Greek fans, they will put Diamantidis and Spanoulis, but at the same time, Spanoulis wasn't at his peak. Now we're thinking that this was like a gold backer just because of names and legends, um, you know, we will remember them for. But Spanoulis was still not playing the way he played uh, in Olympiacos. And when you look at numbers, at titles, at the way they play, once again, I have to go back to Maccabi and Shoruna Sisekiewicz and Anthony Parker. They were dominant, they were dominating for, for Maccabi team, they were dominating in the Euroleague, they were spectacular, talented, skilled players. Kind of reminds me a bit of Misic and, and Larkin, and the they average also something like about 16 points per game, 15, 19. But what was interesting that Maccabi they were averaging ninety-two and now, for example, FS they were averaging eighty-two, mm-hmm. and we we see kind of the same numbers for Mitsich and Larkin, but the importance is even bigger. And I really don't know. I I think that I'm not sure about the greatest duo because it also includes bigs, but they for sure should be ranked at least in top three. Backward? Or maybe no, to me, they should be the best backcourt
1: To actually. me, they're the best. Yeah. As much as you wanna Talk about nostalgia and Mm -hmm. and Yesikavicus. Come on. Vasa Mitsic has a lot more skill. He's a bowler. Yesikavicus has a lot of IQ and was the smartest player on the court every every single time he stepped on it. Micič
0: is more skilled. I would say Micich is a better scorer and Shadis is a better creator.
1: Let's say. I don't think that Mitsic is. He's just as good as a creator as he is as a scorer. It's just that creating is different when you're penetrating the paint. You, it's the modern day basketball. You're facing uh, switch all defense regularly. It's about how you can attack yeah, the switch, way how you can before. play in ISO. Do you imagine Yessi just playing ISO basketball? It's all about the pick and roll. Mm. It's always about the pick and roll with Boston, with, with Vucic or somebody else and the national team. Again, you're surrounded by amazing players. For Vasa and Shane, they're ISO players. They're so skilled. Shane Larkin is so fast. Sometimes when they get their game going, they are unstoppable. And to me, actually, they were at their best, both of them, in the season that didn't even finish. Shane Larkin, at that time, there was no question about who's the best player in the league. You, You were not even talking about Mirotic or anybody. It was Larkin's league. After that, last season and this season, he wasn't that consistent. He w- he was still great. And Vasamich yes. is leading this team. To me, they're the best uh, backcourt duo I think I, I've, I've ever seen in the EuroLeague. And just because sometimes it's unfair comparing what, what's happening right now and what happened 15 or 20 years ago, the skill set of these modern-day players is different. Yeah. It's very... I mean, I you're I talking agree. about Diamantidis, for example. Best defensive player in modern EuroLeague. Is he more skilled than Vasa? Mm, of no, course not. No, but he's smart, strong, tough, and he can defend multiple positions. That makes him great. And he's a great leader at the same time. But if you're talking about skills, these guys we have right now in the league, not only Mitsich and Larkin, mm. Mike James, Come
0: on. Yeah, and defensive presence now they're facing compared to the defense it, it was before. It, it was different, always yeah. different.
1: I mean, in, back in the days you would always uh, cover uh, your pick and roll coverage would always be drop because yeah, you yeah. have a slower yeah. center and right now Hassan Martin, Kyle Hines, agree, all these yeah. guys, Otello Hunter, they're capable of switching. They're throwing so much size at you. This Real Madrid team is ridiculous. Mm. You're going against Abalde, then there's a switch. All of a sudden, you're against Yabusele. Then you see Yabusele guarding Vasa Mitic from the. Um, I forgot the, the word. Uh, from the elbow? No, 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 from the line.
0: <laughs> from baseline? Yeah. Okay. From yeah. the
1: baseline. From one side to the other. Yabusele with his big body, uh. he's just guarding Vasa Mitic and you have to make a decision somehow to to beat him. So really, it's, it's these days you thing. have to be capable of driving to the left, to the right, handling the ball, yeah. dribbling, shooting off the dribble, shooting off the screen. Uh, when you're penetrating, you have to find open teammates in the corners, left to right. This is what the players
0: do right now. You wouldn't see anything like this in 2003, for example. You convinced me, really. <laughs> you convinced me. I also put them as the best backcourt, uh, for sure. Talking about FS future shortly, uh, there are a few things to mention. I remember that during the playoffs, there was still a feeling, or at least a lot of thoughts inside inside the market, that FS they were about to reduce the budget because yeah. they were facing a massive rebuild. Let's say a lot of players on expiring contracts, a lot of expensive uh, players. But now... I heard that winning the Euroleague title, and of course, when they saw that there is a possibility to win it, there was an idea that if we are becoming champions, we cannot raise the bar so low as we kind of uh, thought about. And signing Will Clyburn, which which was reported by our colleagues in... It's it's not official yet. It's not official, but it's, it's kind of done. Signing Will Clyburn shows that FS has no desire to Mm -hmm. lower their bar. It was their weakest position, the small forward, the third spot. And it kind of changed, changes the way this team was built. I mean, they never had a very strong, uh, individually strong small forward. Kruno Simmer was great, but he was more of a, Let's say playmaker, yeah, passer, yeah, uh, third yeah. player, third option on the court. Clyburn is different. He he can he can dominate the game uh, by himself from the small forward position. And I will I will try to go through the list of players on expiring contracts on the let's say through the court of the players. Uh, and let's start with Vasa Misic. Uh, at least for now, there's a feeling that he's leaning towards he's leaning more towards NBA and staying in FS, But he's n- it's not about OKC. Uh, there's no place for Misic, you know, here at least the, or at least the place where Misic would be happy about or the role he thinks about playing NBA. So, Mishko Roznatovic, his agent is working for making a trade for him. So, if Misic is going to the NBA, it's probably the most likely that there's some other team which will trade for him. You, you know
1: where where I would love to see him?
0: Yeah, okay. Denver. 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 That's a good point, actually. With Jokic. I, I know they have Jamal Murray. uh uh-huh.
1: Maybe they would need to make some roster changes for Vasa to be happy because he just he doesn't want to be there and no, take no, the role no. of Faku Campazzo, for example. No, no. He wants to, he wants to be, important. be an important player, but having Jokic and Mitic on the same team Ooh. in Denver it would be so spectacular.
0: I can already see Mishko is making another Instagram post because, <laughs> you know, Jokic <laughs> and Misic That his would kids. be great. I'm yeah. not sure if it's possible. From Mega to Denver with yeah. NBA MVP and with the EuroLeague MVP. Wow, that would be a crazy storyline which Mishko could build uh, for. Uh, Shane Larkin, from what I hear and what was also reported on Eurohoops, there's a chance that he will stay, which is already a huge uh, win for FF, if, if it makes it happen. By the way, if Misic is leaving, there are rumors that Thomas Satoransky uh, could join, and personally, I think that is probably one of the best, if not the best, uh, potential replacement that for, would be for great. Misic that next would to Larkin.
1: Again, you're getting a tall point guard. Tomasz Satoransky is a very good defender, he's a very good playmaker, a very smart player. He improved his jump shot uh, during his years in the NBA. He's shooting a lot better than he was when he played for Barca, for example. Uh, We saw him on the Czech Republic national team as a true leader when he played with Jan Vesely or even without Jan Vesely in the World Cup Mm. where they really had a great run. So really, if if they can replace Vasa with, with Satoransky, if Clyburn is coming? They are sorted, really, and all the other signings they will make, they're just additions to already a very talented mm-hmm. roster. I mean, you will have to obviously replace some of the bigs because they are aging veterans. Some of them,
0: I believe, will leave the team. Yeah, for, and for, for example, Brian Dunstan, it seems like that he's uh, leaving. Mormon It's more like a 50-50, uh, although there is a chance that he might stay. plies. Yep. there's a, uh, let's see... I would keep him as a for sure different option for sure especially at what position. He not just in the final four but in, in the playoffs as yeah. well i mean you have to keep him as a huge yeah. shooting big i mean that's he's still valuable in this league Yeah. then there's chris singleton uh, and it's also like 50 50 although there is a feeling that he was leaving james anderson kruno simon they're leaving for sure and if we are talking about important adjustments uh, just not 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 just adding Role players, but I think that the frontline signings will be important. And from what I heard, that they really liked Brandon Davis, but it seems like he's leaning towards joining Milan rather than FS. So, I mean, adding Davis, I'm not so sure if it's connected with Clyburn because for sure they had to pay for Clyburn. So, if you pay Clyburn, maybe you don't have enough money to pay Davis. But then, I mean, it would be crazy. I, I also heard that Josh Nebo is showing strong interest in Josh Nebo, and I would say that's probably m- replacement for Brian Dunstan. Yeah. I mean, for what he's providing uh, on the court.
1: There will be some options in the market. Uh, Motley, John
0: Brown. Yeah. You can go for these yeah. players. I mean, it's not like, Trying to sign guards, it's 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 very difficult. Very difficult to, to find a And Satoranski is a great yeah. out of, of the box. I was decision. always
1: always thinking that if Shane Larkin leaves, yeah, they could go for Mike James. But mm. if Shane Larkin stays, then there, there's no question. Satoranski and and Larkin, pff, you're sorted. It's these players can lead the way. Yeah, I,
0: but I just hope that's Mistsic will stay, Larkin will stay. No, I maybe, want to see Mistsic in the NBA, I'm sorry. M- maybe this group will go
1: for a three-peat. I'm so sorry. As a basketball fan, I will have so many <laughs> regrets if Vasa Mitsich doesn't go to the, to the NBA. He's at his peak right now. And I don't want to see him going to the NBA, for example, when he's 32 years old, mm-hmm. grabbing some one-year contract just to try himself. No, this is the right time. I actually thought last year, after winning the EuroLeague, he should go there. Maybe there were no good options at the moment. But I want to see Vasa Mitic on the NBA. I think he can be successful there. I think he has some similarities to Luka Doncic in his game. Not at the same level, of course. Mm. Not not an all-star level, maybe. But mm, he can be great. Because NBA teams always prefer tall point guards. Who can be good on defense as well as uh, leading the team, and he's just a great ball handler. He has this the step back shot. He he's hitting shots. Yeah, quite he's a strong guard as well. I mean, yeah. it makes no sense if Vasa doesn't go to the NBA. Uh, up to this day, I, I'm I'm still regretting that Bodroga never played in the mm-hmm. NBA. I think he could have been great at that time. So I don't want to have same regrets
0: with Vasa. You know, I, I'm I'm the EuroLeague fan. First and foremost, and as a EuroLeague fan, I want the best players to stay in Europe. Mm. And I want to keep our be- stars, best players. So, losing Vasa Misic, I remember we were talking about this last year. You can imagine, can you imagine EuroLeague without Vasa Misic right now, this year? I mean, it would be a huge loss. So, of course, if Satranski is coming, it's a different conversation. There are even rumors about Ricky Rubio potentially coming back to Europe. So if there's that kind of transfer, okay, maybe. And I agree. I would like to see if Mas- uh, Vasa could succeed on the NBA level. But uh, if there we, we've, we are not having these great players coming to Europe from the NBA, then no, I want to keep Vasa sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm an NBA guy. Uh, the NBA playoffs is the pinnacle of basketball to me. Um,
1: the European basketball is... I would say it's, it's it's a mess because now we're talking about the EuroLeague. Like it's finished and the season is finished. No, the domestic league playoffs mm. are there. FS still have to face Fenerbahce. Barca still have to face challenges in the Spanish league. So does Real Madrid. I would love to have the basketball season ending with the EuroLeague final. Mm. It would make sense. What What's happening right now doesn't make any sense. Just like the situation we have in Lithuania, Šalgaris messed up, right? They're gonna fi- they're gonna finish in the third place, or That's even a soft way to say that they're messed fourth. up. Yeah. It's a disaster what happened to them. Next season they are starting in the Euroleague, and again they will have the budget bigger than the whole league, the Lithuanian league. So, I I mean these domestic league playoffs right now after Euroleague is finished my God, why Why is, why do we have to watch suffer this it. suffer? I mean, the, the players are champions. Let them celebrate
0: those who lost. Let them rebuild, rethink everything. No. This week they are already playing, and the worst part is that it's not so meaningless. I mean, if you remember Milan, they were swept by Virtus, and you know in Italy it was a big thing, uh, you know, having Milan swept. Now we have this Barca team, and if they're not winning ACB, I don't know, man, uh, I don't know how they're gonna react uh, to this. No, they need to win the opportunity. So they need to win it. So that's the worst part. That although it now it kind of feels meaningless for a lot of people. It means job as well. So it's tough. It's tough. It's just my fresh feelings from what's happening in Lithuania.
1: From what's happening in Lithuania. It's so unfair. Šalgris can finish in the last place. Oh, yeah. It doesn't doesn't, doesn't really matter.
0: They're still in the EuroLeague, so who cares? Uh, do we have anything to, to say about Real Madrid's future? I think that their future moves are pretty clear and we were talking about them all year long. We, we s- know what they need. Adding backwards starts, know fresh legs, yeah. younger players. Yeah. Because once again, we ended up watching Sergio Yuri trying to win it all for Real Madrid at the age of uh, 34, which actually, I mean, Yuri was great in this final four, but still they were lacking off. I mean, in the semifinal, he was great in the final. Uh, I mean, he did what still he could. He, still, he yeah, did what exactly. he could. And it's not his fault that he was put in a position where he had to win this title for Real Madrid by his decisive shots. Although he made some important shots. But this, you know, shooting tragedy of Real Madrid and not winning the title when you keep your opponents under 60 points just shows that, man, you need some somebody else. I love Kazer as a backup, but you need talent. You need more skill. But one thing is clear that Pablo Lasso
1: just silenced all the doubters, all the people that said he's done. He's not done. He led this team to the EuroLeague final and he was one shot away from winning it, so you have to go with Pablo Lasso as long as you can. You have to trust him and yeah, you just need to sign some fresh players. Maybe say goodbye to some of the players already because uh, some of them, I'm not saying they've been there too long, but you're just seeing they're not as effective as they once were and the game is changing I mean, it's requiring way more skill to let's keep say. for example Jeffrey Taylor just for defensive purposes maybe you need more talent yeah um, again the players they brought last summer Yabusele perfect signing Adam Hanga I'm not so sure about it Thomas Sertel probably his days in Madrid are gone mm. uh, but it all starts from a point guard. Real Madrid was always known when they had their best years f- for for creators. For guards, yeah. They were, Uy, now were, now we're talking Sergio about Rodriguez, Fs playing Doncic. beautiful basketball, and for Madrid, the way to win is to play ugly. Mm. Five years ago, was it was always it, out of conversation. It, Real Madrid it, it, was always it, Real Madrid was the team you want to watch yeah. on, the, on the television. And Campazzo, Doncic, Sergio, you before injuries, oh, come on, that It was so beautiful to watch these guys. And they need something like this, they need some star power. But other than that, when you have Tavares, Yabusele, when you have Poire as a backup center, you're so strong. And you have Gabi Deck, you have all the other pieces. They don't need much. You can still have Yui and, and Rudy Fernandez for a last dance to say goodbye in a smaller role, well, just like Felipe yeah, Reyes finished. Course, like. In of his course. last two seasons, he was more of a locker room guy. Yeah, which is good. Which is Yeah, good. Uh, But but then, yeah, you need some more talent. And uh, all those rumors were spread about Shane Larkin going to Madrid. Maybe it's not happening. Maybe mm. Shane is staying. But you still na- need to look at some options. Lorenzo Brown? We're hearing that he's going to get a Spanish passport. I don't know why. Uh. <laughs> but if he does, it's a no-brainer.
0: Mm-hmm. Last two topics. I mean,
1: N- Nigel Williams-Goss, we're not sure what's going to happen with him.
0: Yeah. It, it felt like he was about to leave, but now there are some not, it, reports it, that it, he might stay. It's so not a
1: great season, but then he had a good series against Maccabi. Uh, you thought that in the final four, he's going to be crucial. Mm-hmm. He got hurt. Very unlucky situation. He's under contract,
0: right? Yeah. So no, he's uh, one, he was signed for one plus one. Okay. So I think that Real Madrid might opt out. We'll see what so happens. That was an idea. Either first, way, you but need some I'm some improvements right in in those
1: positions well, beca- because because uh, you have a ball there, but he's not a point guard. Yeah. So you have him as a defensive stopper, also a guy that can give you some points in open court and fast breaks. It's good. It's great. But when you put the ball in his hands to lead the way, mm. it's kind of not what he's meant to do on this on this team. So we will see, but. Those clubs with big budgets, those are, like we say, first world problems. Mm-hmm. They're very easy to solve when you throw money at things. Uh, it's always about those small budget teams where you have to be creative and, and and think out of the box. For these clubs, you saw that list on Twitter of players that are becoming free agents. Yeah. So we sort of opened that list and you're, you're just thinking, should we go for the colo or not? <laughs> I mean, those are really, I would say, great, nice great problems, great problems nice to problems, have. Yeah. Tho- those, those are and I think nice that problems to have. The call is have. not
0: good enough uh, for your team. Yeah, I mean, that means that y- you're a good team. Yeah,
1: the call was not good enough. So I, nah, 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 I don't need him, man.
0: I don't like the call anymore. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, last two, last two topics to cover. Shortly, we have two legends. Um, going away from Euroleague basketball. First of all, probably the most iconic Euroleague coach we know, Luigi LaMonica. Coach? Uh, Referee, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. Maybe you know something. (laughs) Nobody has paid me anything. (laughs) Fine. Refs would never be paid by anything. Fine. fine. They didn't decide any games. Anyway, Luigi LaMonica. I mean, probably everybody in coolness, starting from mm, kindergarten to... Let's say grandparents know who Luigi La Monica is, for better or worse. Yeah. I mean, uh,
1: Luigi La Monica was like Pierluigi Luigi Colina of, of basketball. Yeah. He just didn't have this bald head and, yeah. and, and, and uh, it,
0: that look. But he was always. But he <laughs> made basketball <laughs> referring as a, some kind of ballet. I mean, I mean. He, he he's dancing on the floor sometimes with his move, with his body language, with his strict decisions. You know, he's sort of a referee. You
1: you hate him or love him, and there's nothing in between because everybody knows him. There are players and coaches that, well, they could say, not in the, in front of a camera, but that they yeah. didn't like Luigi we LaMonica. We saw some <laughs> tweets during the yeah, season. Yeah, people were, were saying that he, he's maybe too arrogant. Maybe he yeah. just makes it about himself too often but at the same time uh, well he was an iconic figure i'm not sure if we're gonna have um, a referee that famous in europe right now it's tough to say it's tough, tough to, to say, say yeah so he's retiring but but again He's retiring and he should be proud of his career, what, what he achieved as a referee. And he led the way, I believe, for many younger referees right now. And, and he was working his in his last Final Four. You cannot have any complaints about the quality of refereeing in the semifinals or in the finals. Everything was really good. Very professional, high level. Um, so yeah, just respect, respect to the man. I think he will find some place in the EuroLeague office maybe
0: to continue yeah, working with, yeah. with the referees. Yeah, that's a good point. I remember during the season probably in October, you know, usually October is ugly in, in Lithuania. It was rainy, cloudy day and we were in Basket News' office in Konas and I remember I just randomly looked uh, over the window and I saw Ligia Lamonek and Vilis just crossing <laughs> by the street. And both of these guys now, they're on the f- final EuroLeague game, so... That's that's amazing. By the way, there's a uh, one tradition of referees, and I thought that maybe there was something. You know what? How the referee should retire? Let's say mm-hmm. is he taking? I mean, he's not the player; he's not taking his jersey, the last game he played, or the ball. But from what I was told, that there's just a tradition for every yearly final four referee that they're mm, taking the ball of the tournament, not just from the final game they're taking all the signatures from the other referees who were working in the final four and just bringing it home. So that's what Luigi Lamonica did. And Mm. it's cool that there will be one Lithuanian signature on it. Nice. Uh, Yeah, Lamonica was refereeing in the Lithuanian Cup. Do you remember? It was a huge
1: scandal. The Lithuanian League decided to hire Gigi Lamonica to referee in
0: the Lithuanian It will be one of these stories like, (laughs) oh, uh, Romaldas Brazauskas refereed for Michael Jordan yeah <laughs> and he uh, whistled a traveling travel violation oh my God. <laughs>
1: for m j come on <laughs> uh yeah I think it's a really great comparison when you say that he's like Pierre ligi Colino of basketball, not as intimidating maybe, but you always trusted him when you saw his name on the referees' list. you're thinking mm-hmm. in this game, the referees will will not lose the control, and
0: probably this is also mistakes an happen. important game. mistakes happen to everybody yeah. yeah.
1: It's normal, but it's how you deal with those mistakes. And you don't repeat those mistakes. Mm. You don't do favors to teams. And like what I hate most is when referees, uh, when they realize they made a bad call, they they want to to mm -hmm. give something then to the other team. And when you whistle like an offensive foul and you realize it maybe was not a charge, so then, on the other side of the court, you're looking for something like mm-hmm. three seconds, mm-hmm. maybe. And I'm you counting. Can you even feel it. i Okay, so now I'm giving it back to the other team. This is what I hate, and I think the greatest referees avoid situations like that, that which makes them
0: makes them respectable. Jorgos Printes he's also uh, retiring from the Euroleague. Yeah. What do, kind of memories do you have? What I mean, when you think about Printes, uh, what what can you imagine here in have, your head? I have. I have. Well, first
1: of all. I think three memories that will always be stuck in my head. Of course, that shot. The first one was obvious is the shot. The second one is a strange one. Okay. Seeing Yorgos Printeses I was uh, I was watching the game in Vilnius, uh, Siemens Arena in the front row, and Printeses was playing for Manikaja. Malaga. Yeah, <laughs> It
0: was so strange. Uh-huh. One of these random <laughs> he things. He played
1: for Malaga, what? Like MJ
0: playing for uh, a business. Hakeem Elijah yeah. won for Toronto yeah. Raptors. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he played for Malaga, so this is another memory I have in my head. And then the, the shots, I mean, these uh, these great players, you will always remember Navarro for being the first shooting guard to take these floaters. Mm. And you will always remember Printes for taking shots that don't really make sense. Right-handed, left-handed, from his shoulder... How did he manage to make these shots so consistent? Um, if, if if you try it, even on amateur level, usually you're not even going to hit the rim. <laughs> these are difficult shots, and that game winner, from this angle, he just worked that shot to perfection. <laughs> I will never forget this, and I, I don't, I'm not sure if there will be a power forward finishing like this in the paint. And If w- somebody tries it, they will look like clowns, if, if, if somebody tries to mimic those shots. <laughs> and for
0: Prentices, it was a routine shot. Th- there was a funny story that I remember I was, uh, I had an interview with Prentices, I think it was before 2007 in 1718 18 playoff series, Ralegris Olympiakos, and he said that actually, he was coached by Jonas Kozlowskos in Olympiakos. And he said that actually Kozlowskos, uh let's say, said that he shouldn't continue making this shot uh this crazy floater and that's how he how Kozlowski and Cescaya they were killed in that Euroleague final right yeah what a turnaround
1: I cannot even call it a floater. It's like a mix between a runner and a floater. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
0: It's just Printez's (laughs) shots. Yeah, we have to call it Printez's shot. shot. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And there was a very nice moment uh, with Printez's during the third place game. I mean that um, because usually EuroLeague TV when they do these uh, pre-game halftime interviews, post-game interviews, they take uh, most efficient uh, players or top scorers. Prentices, I think that he had like minus two uh, performance index rating. He was scoreless mm-hmm. in the first half. And Joe Orlauskas, he stopped him. And the best thing is that he kind of gave, handle him the microphone and let him say something in English or Greek. He didn't care. And, you know, uh, Prentices just shared that love. So that was a beautiful moment. And really, the that's last the way you should uh, say goodbye. The last thing
1: I will remember is... Uh, Princesis putting his mouth guard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> it's like Songaila like chewing gum and Princesis and his, his mouth guard. Yeah, not so many players do that, <laughs> especially in Europe. But yeah, all, all respect to Princesis. Even Shara's told that probably if he would go to Aka, he could just easily watch the game and nobody would pay attention because he was so respected. He didn't do anything, you know, crazy. He mm. didn't do anything to offend fans, whether you were Pan fans or jean you know, fan. fans. I, c- I can share another memory, actually, uh, okay.
1: from 2017 Eurobasket. Lithuania won the group stage and we had to face Greece in, in the eight finals. And Greece were struggling in the group stage, which is why they finished on the lower seat and we had to play them. And I I saw their games. They were really struggling, even though they had a great team with Lucas, with, with Printezis, uh, Borussis, I think he was still there. And before the game, I was talking to my colleague. We were kind of confident that Lithuania is playing good basketball. We we can beat the uh, the Greeks. And I just said like, man, I have a really bad feeling about the matchup of Demo against Printezis because Demo at that time was still playing the fourth position, the powerful position. Mm-hmm. I was thinking Printezis with his moves. His abilities to play in the perimeter. Stretch before, yeah. He will give us a lot of problems. And it was really Printesis dominating that game and, 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 that and showing on. his greatness. That's another memory I have uh, f- from the national team when he played for Greece.
0: So yeah, is another EuroLeague legend retiring. Man, that's all, folks. EuroLeague season is over. Thank you, Rites, for being here because... Yeah. This podcast was on limbo almost because of your voice, but the, I, I kind of felt during the podcast I kinda of felt feeling that you, you know, you got your voice through. <laughs> let's see. I you got your on your when usual I rhythm. started
1: talking, it got better, but probably you don't realize from watching this, I have so much pain when I'm when I'm swallowing right now. And it is all because of the League, the NBA playoffs I had at night. Boston, Miami, and yesterday, the craziest football day I ever had, finishing with the Premier League, and I again lost my voice. I, I don't know what's happening to me in these weeks, uh, but uh, I will have to see some doctors probably. Yeah, yeah, it's I a good it's thing that season is about to finish. I don't have so much left on my schedule, only the Liga and uh playoffs and, and the NBA, but yeah. I, I'll try to fix that because next week we're planning to
0: drop a QA. Exactly. Uh, we have something to say about yeah. our future podcasts. Although the season is over, our season uh, is not. And yeah, exactly. The next pod, probably we will have it on Monday. Yeah. We will have a and a session. And so you can actually already put uh, us, uh, your questions in the comments section. And, you know, actually we will have these domestic leagues finals. Abba mm, League final uh, will start soon. Then mm-hmm. we will have... Uh, dramatic, probably, of course. If Virtus and and Milan will make it, it will be interesting to follow Italian basketball league series. Ritis will be commentating ACB uh, league finals uh, as well. And probably we need your advice as well. If there are any finals you're most intrigued about, and if you would hear want, if you would like to yeah. hear our opinion, um, you would also help us, you know, to kind of guide yeah. us through this uh, final stage of the season. Either
1: way, we, we launched the Q A Q&A on on Twitter and everywhere. Yeah, of you, course. You can leave comments also. uh, on our YouTube video we will read those and if you have some questions just feel free to ask and we will try to just answer everything next week and for now really thanks thanks everybody for a great EuroLeague season thank you for always giving us your feedback Mm, thank you for all the nice comments we had at the same time all the observations sometimes we make mistakes like when I said that Sasha Bradovic coached Kevin Punter, no, he didn't.
0: He, yeah, yeah. he actually coached... Um, uh, who we are. I mean, we're just guys Other Americans on Zvezda,
1: But again, we sometimes make mistakes and it's great that you pay attention to detail and always, always let us know. So,
0: you know, I was shocked in Serbia. If you remember Lithuanians, we Lithuanians, we had some, let's say, concerns about going there. And w- we had an idea of trying to be under the spotlight. Uh, behind the spotlight. And uh, I remembered it, but it was the first night in Belgrade. We just went out to have some dinner and, oh, we saw Abba League semifinal game. It was uh, Zvezda against Olympia. It was a crazy game ending in an overtime, crazy overtime. And, you know, it just finished that we just went into bar and we wanted to watch the end of the game because we were standing like behind the window watching that game and, you know, the TV was in the bar. We were under the window, mm-hmm. uh, behind the window. And we were like, okay, let's go into the bar, just get some shots and just watch the game because it's great. And there was, you know, people started gathering, watching that game. And there was, I would say, random Serbian guy coming. He asked something about the game in Serbian. We answered in, you know, in English and he asked where we are from and we we said in Lithuania. And he recognized me actually for the podcast we are doing. And during that week I randomly hit, or I would say fans from Greece, from Turkey and from Serbia, randomly hit me in the middle they of hit the street, you? like, like physically, yeah, like literally. You deserve hit, it. Like literally <laughs> hit me, but then said that, "Oh, guys, you're doing a good podcast. Uh, yeah. Say hi to Ritis. It's amazing what you're doing." So I was, I was really shocked, and thank, thank nice. you all for all this support. And as you said, all the bad words, all, the, all the mistakes we did. I mean, it's good. It's good for everybody. It's good for us. It was a learning process for both oh my, of us because oh I my. mean, we were in the podcasting business for a
1: while but it was the, our first attempt to do it in english and and at first i wasn't really that confident is mm. it gonna work out how it's gonna sound but in the end uh, i can say that even though our english is not perfect oh
0: no. Oh no. i believe we're doing okay and we can do better of course and we'll try yeah, then we'll try the best thing and what i like the most is that we have this. European basketball community let's yeah. say hearing to us yeah. even your league staff uh, guys commentators uh, behind the scenes uh, crew i mean they said oh oh guys you're doing great so that's the most important thing you know just to connect this european basketball community i hope that all the all these viewers listeners that, that community will just grow yeah. uh, going to be yeah. bigger so uh yeah see you soon in the next q a episode peace and love to everybody